Welcome everybody. You're on Mind Your Biz. And today we have Raheem of Grow Public. Welcome, uh, Raheem. Tell everybody what you're all about. Yeah, thanks for having me. So my name is Rahim Azizi, but you can call me Ryan. I've been called a lot worse, but a lot of people <laughs> call me Ryan. And I specialize in taking small businesses public. And what I mean by small businesses, businesses that may be doing, let's say, 300K a year, a million dollars a year, $20 million a year. We take those companies public. And traditionally, those businesses have been neglected by the big investment banks. Very true. Now, that almost sounds like dreamlike uh, fantasy land. Is this something that's that you've done with business of, of that caliber from 200K to a million K and brought them public? Yeah, we've definitely done that. We've even done some pre-revenue companies, say they were startups and uh, they had no revenue yet. And we've been able to take those public. It depends. It depends on this kind of like the season. Sometimes those are really in favor sometimes or not if they have a really good story and a really strong business plan we've been able to do that but uh you know mostly you know the 20 million dollar and under range you know in revenue is kind of our sweet spot uh, a million five million like i said two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand. wow i mean that's amazing so the big question that i'm sure everyone's going to have is how much does this cost how long does it take i mean it just seems so far-fetched for you know for the for the public to understand that a small business can just go public like that yeah yeah great question so what i tell people is that when a small business goes public you want to throw everything out the window that you've heard everything that you've read on the in wall street journal or on bloomberg because the rules for taking nano cap or small cap businesses public are so much different. The timelines, the costs and things like that. You know, if you're dealing with uh, an investment bank, let's say JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs, it's going to cost you upwards, you know, of a million dollars to do something like that. And that's just, yeah, that's just not what we do. Um, and a lot of that, I think what comes with it, what a lot of people don't understand and why they tell small business owners that they're too small to go public it's not that you're too small to go public you're just too small to go public for them so what you'll do if you're a business let's say doing a million five million two million dollars you know ten million dollars a year they would rather refer you to their vc department and what happens then is they'll raise money let's just say 15 million dollars over you know three raises and every single time they're going to dilute you and they're going to take some of that equity take some of that equity so by the end of it you know you may own 10 percent five percent see so the advantage is to them so what we say is go public early rather than later and we can pretty much keep you at 80 to 85 percent equity and the cost it really depends on what uh, exchange you want to be on you know you know, some companies want to start off, you know, depending on how much revenues, you know, OTC, some if they have the revenues can go NASDAQ, but it really depends on which exchange they're going to go on. They want to list on. Got it. So, I mean, it is possible for a small business doing a few hundred K a year to get on one of the big exchanges? Not the big ones right away, but what you can do is this. You can list on a smaller exchange and that's going to give you so many benefits right off the bat because once you're a public company, the rules change. So you're going to be able to do things like you're going to have direct access to capital markets because you're liquid now, right? People can invest and they know they can get their money back. There's a market to sell it, right? You're going to be able to do things like attract and retain and, you know, key employees. So let's say you need a CFO who commands a $300,000 a year salary, but you can only afford one who makes $80,000 a year. Now you can use stock options, right? To kind of 
augment that salary. So you're going to get all of those benefits and a bunch of other ones right off the bat. Well, we I was really trying to get to the bottom of what it would cost, even if you brought it to a smaller exchange. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you go on a smaller exchange, it can cost you from 70000 to 75000 to 100000 to do it. But now there are auxiliary costs like annual f- annual listing fees of ten thousand if it's on a smaller exchange and you pay accountants to make sure that everything is kosher. But you're looking around seventy five thousand to a hundred thousand, and the timeline can be anywhere. I've seen as fast as six months, and that meant everything was just kind of falling in our favor. When the SEC asked a question, we got it right back to them. Um, as you know, and it can go over a year depending on how quickly you answer their questions and get it back to them. Got it. Now, if people want to go public, you have a small business and they go to you, do you handle it almost like a one-stop shop or you handle the bulk of it and then they have to still make sure they have their own uh, legal or their own accounting? Yeah, we're a one-stop shop how we handle it. But when it comes to accounting, it can be kind of a conflict of interest. So you want to make sure you get, you know, GAAP certified accountant to do that. We don't have any hand in that. That would be the only way. But other than that, we handle the whole deal structuring, making sure they stay at 80 to 85 percent equity. Got it. So now another big question I have is why would someone want to go public? How can it really uh, make them grow as a business if generally no one will know you know them on the exchange if they're on a small exchange how is that going to help them as a business yeah great question so once you go public the rules are different everything kind of changes you get this prestige of being a public company right so your vendors suppliers everyone you do business with the kimono is open so to speak they already can see everything so they know that you're a good business risk so they'll more than likely want to give you let's say if they want to do loans or something like that you don't have to give personal guarantees because everything is out in the open nothing is uh, undisclosed um like i said earlier you know about uh retaining and attracting you know good employees you're able to do that um you have so many different things that you can do like uh if there's an exit strategy, you know, when you can, uh, if you want to sell the business or if you want to dissolve the business, you can actually use shares to do it. Or if you want to buy another company, which is really, really popular, companies want to do a roll up or something like that. Oftentimes, the target company will accept stock and shares of, in, in lieu of cash. So it's just a, a very, very quick way and a very smart way to grow your company. And this is how smart business owners do it. Mm. So now, how do you get people? to invest in your newly public company um, if you just pretty much came out of nowhere and you're not a big commercially recognized business? Yeah, great, great, great question. So people have to know your story, right? They have to know what you're about, why you got into business and what everything is looking like. You do have broker dealers who will go on and sell shares of the stock and they understand the company. So they're pretty much pushing the market right there to get people to know it. And then usually, you know, people that you know, your suppliers, you let everybody know, hey, we're a publicly traded company. You people have it on their website. They love having their tickers on there. And that just also gets brand awareness right there. So people know who they are. They can look at it and see if they want to invest. So you have to do your diligence once you do become public to, to get your story out and do your, your media and marketing. Even before. So you have investment marketing companies that can do that for you. But it's definitely you're definitely right. It's all about a story. You need to have a strong story and you need to have a strong business plan because 
just like the SEC, investors want to know who you are. They want to know, you know, what you're going to do with the money and they want to know what you're going to do going forward. Gotcha. Now, not to change gears, but there's like a real bizarre phenomenon going on with crypto right now. Right. So mm -hmm. tell me how we can get young, younger people and investors more excited about investing in a small public company over a startup crypto that came out of nowhere? Yeah, yeah, great question. Crypto is definitely all the rage these days. Well, there's a couple ways. There's a couple investment schemes. Now, one that's really popular right now is the Reg A Plus scheme. Have you heard of that one? No. Okay, so that was signed into law by President Obama with the Jobs Act. And what it allows you to do, it used to be 50 million, but President Biden just uh, increased the limit to uh, 75 million. So a company can raise $75 million from non-accredited investors. So that's key. This isn't the rich guy. So these are everyday investors who can get in at the pre-IPO level and they can invest in it. This has usually been closed off to retail investors. And this is where the big investment banks make their money there. They get in early. So then when there's a pop, when it actually IPOs, they get to get all those earnings. So one way is the reggae plus scheme is very, very popular right now. Um, and it's usually, you know, I think the ones that I've seen do best on it are consumer goods companies. So they turn their customers into investors or investors. Okay, so they say, hey, I've been drinking this beer. Let's say it's a microbrewery. I like this company. I've been drinking it for years. And you're saying, you know what? I want you to be a part of our success because you've been here from day one and you're opening it up. And the great thing about that is most of the investors are not looking for an ROI as much as they're looking for the brand to do well. Okay, mm. and they're going to tell their family, they're going to tell their friends, hey, I own a little piece of this company here, invest in this or buy this beer or whatnot. So that's one scheme right there. Uh, the other way is the, you know, the IPO route, like what I do is the, uh, uh, you know, like filing an S1 and taking a company public. It's, uh, you know, you do have the market makers, you also have broker dealers who get people excited about it. But I think, you know, to answer your question, as opposed to crypto, when it comes to popularity, I'm not going to say Reg A plus rivals it, but it's fast getting there to where people are saying, hey, I see a company, I can just, you know, invest in it. It's called, re can you spell that? Because Yeah, Reg Regulation A plus. So Reg Regulation A plus for short. Okay, Reg A, I'm thinking like plus. Bob Marley, uh, and I'm ready to get into some. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. yeah exactly reggae plus so it's it's all you know it's yeah, all man. a friend yeah yeah man so uh, uh a good friend of mine darren marble actually has a show that's coming out pretty soon i'm not going to say the name of i don't <laughs> plug it but it's it's kind of like shark tank where you have companies going public with the reggae plus scheme but everyday investors people watching the show can get on their phone and they can actually invest in it right there so that's going to be really huge look out for that yeah that that does sound uh, really great. Now, is it expensive to become a reggae plus company? Yeah, so that's the thing about reggae plus. It would cost around you know two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand to do it, and all raises are not successful. So mm. you may have a target you want to raise seventy five million. The companies that hit that are kind of few and far between. So that would be the only I would say drawback on that. Um, you know, as opposed to the way we do it, you know, the other scheme that we do it, you know, we can get the person public, we can say, okay, how much do you want to raise, uh, making sure we cross, you know, all our T's and dot our I's and say, okay, we can raise that we think we can, we're highly confident we can raise this amount, and we can keep you keep you at 80 to 85% equity. So there's just two different schemes to go public. Gotcha. Now, 
What's the difference between crowdfunding, like you, you know, you got your Indiegogo's, your Kickstarter's, mm-hmm. a bunch of these, and the Reggae Plus or an IPO? You just hit it on the head. It's the same thing. And that's kind of was the birth of it because companies started raising money on those Indiegogo's and crowdfunding. So uh, kind of what people will say, Reggae Plus crowdfunding, okay? Or you'll hear a Reggae Plus IPO. You can raise money in a reggae plus and not go public, okay? It's only a reggae plus IPO when you get a ticker symbol, okay? So a lot of companies will just raise money on it, you know, to whatever they're looking to do with their business, but they may not go public. But you hit it right on the head. It is crowdfunding uh, for businesses. That's exactly what it is. Gotcha. Now, why? what would be an advantage of someone, you know, going that route as opposed to just a, a crowdfunder kind of situation, especially when you're a small, tiny business, maybe you have, you know, $20,000 in capital, you have a new invention. Um, Why would they, what's the advantage of getting it public as opposed to just doing a crowdfunding where everyone could still kind of uh, own shares of a regular business? Yeah, I think crowdfunding would go, goes well for companies that have a consumer product and they have a consumer base that is loyal to the brand. Not to say that you know B2B cannot work, but it's more for companies that have that B2C type of product. Okay. The other thing would be cost. It is expensive, you know, relatively expensive. I know cost is relative, but you know, you're looking at 300000 uh, to get it done. Whereas the way we do it, we can get them public sooner, get them a ticker symbol, um, which would cost a lot less. And they can always uplist later. So let's say we put them on an OTC or something like that. In a couple of years, as things are doing better, they say, hey, we want to move to the NASDAQ. They can always uplist later. So it's more cost efficient and more expedient the way we do it, as opposed to a Reg A Plus. Not to knock Reg A Plus because it's a great scheme, but I think there are different levels to it. Gotcha. Now, what exchanges, you know, it's, it just seems to me exchanges and all these platforms uh, whatever you know, there's they they come in style and in fads. Is there any small exchange that is getting a lot of attention that's kind of affordable to to get on and and get attention and get some investors uh, interested? Yeah, I mean, you have the you know OTC, you have the pink sheets, and some people are like, oh, those are different. It's not Nasdaq or new you know NYSC and things like that, but. Some of the best known companies in the world trade on these two exchanges. You have Heineken, you have Nestle, you have Nintendo, Rolls Royce, Volkswagen. So, you know, Cathay Pacific Airlines, you have a lot of big companies that actually trade on those. Um, so it's 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 not like you're the, uh, you know, the, the redheaded stepchild, so to speak, because you're on there. A lot of companies just choose to be on there because of the reporting requirements and the cost to do it. You know, when you look at L'Oreal Cosmetics, which is a global brand or Rolls Royce, that's nothing, you know, to kind of say, oh, they're kind of a, a lower end company. They're not. They just choose to be on those exchanges because of, you know, either costs or reporting requirements. Hmm. Gotcha. This, this is a whole nother world that I think uh, a lot of people, even myself, aren't really familiar with unless you've gone public. So this is a good education that going public is actually attainable and it's reachable. It's not, you don't have to be this billion dollar company to go public. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think that's that's the key and that's the message I want to get out to people because most owners of small business either have been told or think they're too small to go public and nothing could be further from the truth. And it's, you know, this is a way brands, you know, something, an idea that may have started off on the back of a napkin or in a dorm room and then it can grow into a household brand. You know, Amazon, when they went public, I believe it was in 1999, I think the, the initial raise was like 54 million and look at where they are now. So this is a way to do it and virtually, you know, any business can do it. No business is too small. Wow. And I really, I have one last question. What would be an advantage of going public first and getting investors on board as opposed to getting investors first and then going public? Yeah, I would say equity. So the main thing is you want to keep as much of your company as possible, right? When you go public sooner rather than later, you're able to do that. The longer you take and as you start giving away more and more equity, you're going to start diluting your brand. And to give you an example, you know, and it's, just, it's kind of a weird one, but how much of Microsoft do you think Bill Gates owns percentage wise? If I were to get I don't pay attention to him, but it's probably like two percent. <laughs> yeah, he's around there. Granted, it's a it's a multi multi billion dollar corporation. But that's usually what happens, because with each capital raise, you just get diluted and diluted and diluted. By going public early, you're going to be able to own more of your company when it's all said and done. Wow. Well, that th this was a hell of an education on going public. I've always brought businesses to a pretty sizable level and never even thought of it. So now that I'm kind of hearing the truth about it, it sounds like it's way more possible than um, I originally thought. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it, to me, it's kind of the Swiss army knife. It's how you can solve a lot of problems. And to give you an example, I'm here in California. Uh, <laughs> there was a guy a little while back. Um, he had a company that did metal dipping and plating and stuff like that. And he wanted to sell his business. The guy didn't speak English. Um, he, he knows a immigrant from uh, South America. Great guy. Super, super smart guy was doing great money to the point where every com every dipping company in Orange County, in North Orange County, went to him. He was the only guy who had grandfathered in all the permits and stuff like that. Started walking around like, why do you want to sell this business? And he was like, because of my divorce, man, I got to pay my wife X amount of dollars and all this other stuff. I'm like, but do you want to sell? He's like, no. And I'm like, let me just throw this out there. I said, have you thought about going public? No, I'm too small. No, no. Well, actually, you're not. What if we did this? What if we went public and you paid her in shares of the company? That way you get to keep your company and keep doing what you're doing, building the business and things like that. Or, you know, if you want to have the guys who've been running the company for years and you kind of be absentee, you can take your share of the raise and do what you want. Be with your, your new girlfriend or whatever you mm -hmm. want to do. So that was kind of going public to get out of that, that situation. So it can be used for so many different things. Exit planning, you know, why do you want to, why give, you know, money to greedy heirs or have somebody run your company into the ground, you can just give shares of it and kind of divvy it up that way. So it's kind of, it's, it is a tool to raise money, but more than that, it's a leveraged tool. Gotcha. Well, that's all great stuff. Um, so tell everybody where they can find you and um, possibly go public. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they can always go to my website, which is grow public.com grow-public.com um, or they can call me direct i answer my own phone 310-736-3052 that's 310-736-3052 wow well raheem from grow public uh thank you for coming through 
and putting the spotlight on this myth that small businesses cannot go public, uh, you made it sound like it's very possible. So I think small business is going to be lining up now and we're going to see a bunch of uh, small businesses go public like overnight. Yeah. Hey, hey, size does not matter. Size does not matter. Okay. Wow. See, fellas and ladies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Excellent. Well, thanks for having me. Great chatting with you, Raheem. Much success and help. All right. Thanks so much, Evan. Thanks for letting us mind your biz.